Welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are kicking off the road to 300 with episode 275 as we sit down to review Vincent's selection, Jungle Fever from 1991, directed by Spike Lee, starring uh, Wesley Snipes. I'm about to say Wesley Spikes. Wesley Snipes. That's that's somebody different. (laughs) That's... Yeah, you you know, you just named the movie, you know, the director and the star, you know. That's that's something different. (laughs) Wesley Spikes, you know. Joining us tonight, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, um, is our very, very special guest, comedian, actor, and author of a new book, Living in Color. What's funny about me, missionary, show your love to Tommy Davidson All in the right. building. What's up, Tommy? Hey, you, sir? I'm glad to be here, man. I just, you know, I love when people talk about me. <laughs> you know, it's a, hey, you're, man, it's, there's a lot of cats out there. You know, right? Well, well, you're in the right place. Got it. There's <laughs> a lot of cats, boy. <laughs> Yes, and speaking of uh, all the cats that are out there, one special cat, cat indeed. I hope you, Tommy, will join me and the rest of the missionaries in wishing a very happy birthday yes. to my partner, Vincent Williams. It, it is indeed my birthday. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you, thank you. Now, it doesn't make much sense that a brother that's named Vince doesn't even wins when you mention that today is his birthday. <laughs> now you understand that that's going to be taped and I'll be looping that for the rest of my life. So thank you for that. <laughs> Hence, <laughs> that you know? <laughs> Henceforth, whenever it's my birthday. <laughs> nice. Nice. Now, how does that copyright work? Remember, like, like it's weird how you remember how you go to restaurants and they all oh, yeah. used to sing the weird happy birthday right, song because right, right. they didn't want to pay the copyright fees. Mm-hmm. And now everyone yeah, can sing the happy birthday. Cop at the TGIF, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. I always wondered that. So you never know. This secret shoppers all yeah. over the place. So they yeah. could be secret. all right. Write that. I'm writing that one down. <laughs> you know. So. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to put it above anybody. Right. But right. I never stop. Yeah. You know? Anything these days. Tommy, I'm just going to start off right off the bat because I was already a, fa- a fan of yours. Not no bullshit. But thank you, man. Appreciate but I became a bigger fan when laced throughout the book, you were naming not one, but two of my forever heroes in Sammy Davis Jr. and Bruce Lee. Up wow. and down in this book, man. Hey, all right, there you go. I just want to ask you right off the bat. That's that's what I want to ask you. When did you lock on on both of them as heroes um, that you will emulate for the rest of your life? It's if you read the right, book, right? Right. I locked on. I I didn't lock on Sammy Davis Jr. till I was an adult trying to get his movie done for the last twenty four years. Mm. I didn't know how brilliant. I didn't know how uh, amazing, I didn't know how skillful and natural and how um, compelling of a superstar 
Yeah. And also a revolution, uh, a revolutionary black man. I mean, a Renaissance black man. I didn't realize any of that until I started studying him like 24 years ago, trying to get the movie. Bruce Lee, I discovered probably about 72. Mm. You know, it, it got down in the movie theaters on 42nd Street in, in New York. Yeah. You know, and one, just one movie did it. But I locked in on him probably about 20 some odd years ago when I started really listening to his interviews. I started really listening to what he had to say. Mm -hmm. And what he had to say was so similar to the things I had to do to get to where I wanted to go. He had this, this, this um, objective duality about himself where he could see the other side of things. Right. Like he said, for instance, the question to him was, you know, what do you think about the fact that they didn't, that they canceled um, Kung Fu because it was mm -hmm. too Chinese? Mm -hmm. Right. And he said, well, if I were the man with the money, I would do that too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would do that. But man, if you express yourself as a human, your destiny will unfold. Right, right. He was saying this before Enter the Dragon. Yes, he was. Right. Yes, See? he was. Yeah, yeah. And then the metamorphosis yeah. that went into Enter the Dragon was one of those things where he, he was able to take an L, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was his baby, right? He was able to do that, and he was also able to take advice and be absorbent of new information. Right. Right. Because his friend told him, maybe you're too big for the, the little screen TV. So why don't you go back to Asia and do those movies that they do over there and then come back? And he listened. It was yep. James, James Coburn told him that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. James Coburn, one of his, his like uh, his students. Right. At the his time. students. Yeah. So he went back and sat down in front of the, the he sat down in front of the owner of Golden Harvest said, I've seen all your movies. Is that the best you can do? I feel sorry for you. <laughs> the guy put him in the movie just because he was that cocky. Yep, right. One third into the movie, they made him the star. Yes, sir. You know, right. so, so it's those kind of things that helped my career. Mm -hmm. The kind of things that helped me as a person were just his philosophy of fighting without fighting, you know, yeah. and be water. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, be water. Water can can crush. Uh, it also can be absorbed. You can also uh, penetrate it and be in it. Mm -hmm, it can take mm -hmm. on different temperatures. He said, "Be that." And if, if you can look at my career and all the things that I've done, you can't say I ain't been water, boy. Oh, ab which which make uh, comes to something I wanted to ask you. There, there's a point towards the end of the book where you talk about being in another country and, and seeing your face on a screen, just a rerun. You know, I think it was the Martin right. rerun. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And, and I, and, you know, I have to say just as a presence, you are ever present just around, you know, certainly my house because I have a daughter and the proud family mm. is something that, that she grew up with. And, and, you know, just as the father on the Proud family, I was just wondering how how, how do you think that fits into, you know, uh, again, this really, again, not like like Lynn said, no bullshit. 
iconic career. Like you think about in Living Color and everything in the movies, but then you have this whole new crop of fans. Yeah. From the Proud family and from your voice right. work. Because of course yeah. we'll get to Black Dynamite. <laughs> All roads lead to Black Dynamite for, for Vincent. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you see us? Yeah. Wait, Tommy. When we found out you were going to be, I was like, Vincent, Tommy Davidson is going to be ah, ah, ah. cream corn. I said, yes, Vincent, cream corn is going to be. That's all he's been talking about. Because he's running things. He's running things. <laughs> I'm running things, bitch. You, you see us? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know you're just adding to the huh? loop. You do realize you're just adding to the loop. Hey, it's birthday loop, man. What can I say? Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah, but how has the Proud family really fit into your legacy, do you think? It's one of those just rewards of some really hard work. Some really hard work. I went in for the audition. Mm -hmm. They just said, they just sent me the picture. My audition was, how does this guy sound? Mm -hmm. In the picture. And I said, all right. I went in the booth and gave, they said, that's it. You got it. I, I did it for like, like 40 seconds, man. Really? They were like, they were like, that's, that's, ah, that's him. You know? <laughs> that's him. And, and we just went hard with nobody around. You know, there's no frills in the voiceover. No one's around. Right. It's mm-hmm. just you, the, the, the script supervisor and the director. It's just you and them. Mm-hmm. And went in there and grinded out the work. I was blessed to be around some brilliant people, Ralph Farquhar and, and Bruce Smith, who did the animation, Ralph, who, who produced it and, 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 and hired writers and ideas and all that stuff. I just happened to be really fortunate to be a part of something revolutionary. Now, a black show, a black animated show for yeah. Disney is also revolutionary. Amen. We oh, almost, absolutely. Did I, I, I can't remember if I put it in the book that we almost lost that lost that show the whole cast no i, I, I don't think i don't think right right you talked oh, about the, the issue with the movie is it the movie right That's what you're talking about right yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did talk about that and i was glad that i was able to mention that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that was a moment where racism plays out you know mm-hmm. right so you have a show that's influenced children all over the world right right and it's a black cast mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we're saying they're going to do a movie, right? So we're saying we're down with the movie. But if it goes to theaters, just give us the basic union increase. Mm-hmm. And they said no. And if you don't like it, you can go find another job. And everybody right. just quit. Right. quit. Right. Right. And so what I did was I called everybody. I told Ralph, put everybody on conference call or whatever, you know. I don't remember how we did it because now it's new technology, but I just said, hey, listen, there's not a show of color, mm. animated color in the world as we speak. You know, us taking L for this is going to pay its dues because we're going to be able to infuse a whole new generation of black folks that didn't have to be without this. And that's, that's how absolutely it's about correct. It. My daughter is 28. She grew up. My other one is 33. They grew Mm -hmm. up with the Proud family, man. 
Well, yeah. well, my daughter is 16, and she grew mm-hmm. up with it. Yeah, so. because it's been, it's been living in syndication. Right, like because it's been right. like you said, lived yeah. on. So it's important. It's a really important piece. And the important piece is this. The European, this is subject. Now, this is, this is truth. The European um, perception of the African experience globally and in this world today views us as we're views us as if we're outside of humanity right right yep as opposed to being part of humanity part of it we're not like the right. people that came from a zoo somewhere mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. we were people that actually are in your dna they're in there we're actually you actually are us mm-hmm. in a different region we left where we were because we were the only homo sapiens sapiens that had all the skills it took to survive right right neanderthal died off the peking man died off you know we're the ones that survived there were some other little expeditions that happened but then there was a, there was a the the the, the uh, an ice age you know so we're mm-hmm. part of humanity now let's let's go to 20th century 21st century we're part of society too and and proud family reinforced that we're part of society yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we're we're good. We're a good integral part of society because, as a population, for what we've gone through. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing that we've gone through is that we have made the European world. We built the opulence and the position of power for them financially. Right. Yet we are. Yet we are not on that one. We're no. on. We're we're on. We're on a love Jones boy. Because, <laughs> you know, Zoe won the dance contest, you know, and nobody was tripping. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> we easily claim that in an animation, right? We could have easily claimed that and been legit, legit for doing that. But right. the producers and all of us are aware that our effect on other people is something that we love. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. We love it helps that. Su- and helps sustain us. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yep. If we, if we can take all this happiness we got and put it on some other folks, it'd be a whole lot of happy happening. How about that? It's interesting. In that moment, you were akin to, who was it? Martin Luther King. When he talked to Nichelle Nichols, when right. she was thinking about leaving Star Trek, and he talked to her and said, no, we need you on there. We need to see you. People need to see you out there in space mm-hmm. and, 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 and reinforcing that importance and, and reinforcing that importance of the Proud family, which it's easy to think that it's just, oh, it's just this cartoon. But it, it's so much more and it means so much more. So, that's, so much yeah. more. that's really dope. <laughs> Mr. Davidson. Okay. Uh your book, which goes throughout your entire career, right, and and highs and lows, you know, and, and and what I appreciate there's two things that I appreciated about your book, you know, besides the Bruce Lee and, and Sammy Davis Jr. mentions, is that one that it is in first person, so it it reads. Like, you know, I'm hearing Tommy Davidson in my ear as I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Right. So and I appreciate that because, you know, while there is a co-author, it still sounds right, very right, much like right. your words. Right. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and then the other thing I appreciate is that you're unsparing in how you talk about your highs and your lows with some self-deprecation and some self-criticism about mm-hmm. yourself. And I appreciate that. And I wonder when was it that you locked on that your story you felt was a story that needed to be told out there to the masses? When I realized that if it wasn't for others who loved me so much, I wouldn't be where I was. Mm-hmm. And especially through the worst times. Right. right. And, and they weren't people that knew me. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were people that knew me. Mm-hmm. They were just people that just loved me just because. Right. You know, and taught me how to live with some things that I had picked up along the way. Mm-hmm. And taught me how to get past them, too. Mm-hmm. So if they taught me one-on-one that, then what if I did a book and I, sh- and I multiplied that with the, with the, with, with the, with the number of people that the book reaches? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mom, you know, we were on welfare and we used to go get groceries and that was a happy time, man. But she started sending kids home with food. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, she sends some of the kids were so small they can only carry a carton of orange juice. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you doing? She would look at me and she would go, you don't tell me what to do. She said, you got what you need. Right. She was trying to show me. Mm-hmm the universal law of exchange, but I was too young to understand that. So once it got to me that that was the deal, I wanted to put it into a piece of work of mine and not a piece of work as in the book and the literary content of that, a piece of work elbowries, a piece of labor mm-hmm. that was mine. You know, yeah. I could transcend I can transcend the position that Europeans have put us in this country where we haven't been paid fully for the work. Amen. I just starting right. from ground zero and doing the work, you know, and yeah. doing the work. So I put my work into that to get into someone else's hands mm-hmm. that would have something that you can't spend out. Yeah. You and can't and spend it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think what what I like the most just throughout, you know, certainly certainly as Lynn said, you you see your entire journey. But I thought I think that was so what was so striking to me as someone who has read quote unquote celebrity memoirs and celebrity biographies is that even after mm-hmm. you attain a level of success in the narrative, there's this humanity that runs through it. Where even though you you know you, you, just because of I'm where you, you were, <laughs> right? I'm glad you got that. You know, you know, I'm glad even, it happened that way. Too. You know, just just you you know just because <sighs> of where you were, you see these names. You know, these Keenan Ivory Wayans, these Jamie Foxes, this, mm-hmm. these Jada Pinkett, mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. Haley Berrys. But mm-hmm. these are real relationships. Like it really comes across. Right. Like these are all people that you know. And and right. it's, you know it's and not it all you know really happened. right I, right okay. exactly like it's not all 
oh, we were hanging out. It's not name dropping. Right, exactly. You're not named like these are actual relationships. And right. and it does. That just uh, again, that sheer humanity came through. Thank you. You know, it 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 it's one of the hardest parts of being able to talk about some some of some of my calls was the fact that there's something deep inside me that doesn't want other people to know I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. It's unattainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't until like it wasn't until I could really see that you can't live up to that. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess the closest that I can come to perfection is revealing the truth of myself. Right. 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 Well, I've always said, no. man, th- there's nothing there's nothing in this world that is more inviting to another person to relate and to engage with you than to just be 100% honest about who you are and how you are presenting yourself because you can't have no control how they, how they're going to receive it. So so you might as well just be you. You know what I mean? Right, right. And and that's why I appreciated you putting all the the warts out there, especially especially considering because I did not know you know, going into the, you know, reading the, the, the book about mm-hmm. your relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith and exactly how that played out mm-hmm. for the good uh, and sometimes a little like rocky in your career, in your career, because a lot of times, yeah, man, yeah, 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 yeah Tommy, um, <laughs> I gotta tell you, bro, there's a thing called rehearsal. All right, when you're an actor, right? Uh, actors like to go through rehearsal and re- you know, like they like to plan stuff yeah. out. They like to choreograph exactly what's right. going to happen on, on, on a set. Right. And there was a right. time where a little bit of rehearsal w- would have gone a long way with you and Jada Pinkett, bro. Come on. Yep. Yep, it would have. <laughs> and, and I did find out. Here's the revealing part. I didn't find out find out that that was the deal until the book. Yeah, you, that's right because you mentioned in the book yeah. you're not sure if she knew the whole. I never you know, knew that that's what happened. Right. right, right, right. You know because I couldn't quite put it together. I was like, "Why is this happening to me like this?" Right, and right. and then I, I then I realized what happened, but I wasn't really sure that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. It absolutely it, wasn't. It absolutely wasn't until I wrote that paragraph and sent it to them, and said, "I can't use this in my book unless you guys approve this as something that happened." Right. And they did. And that's the moment that I knew that that really happened. Yeah, all those years I had to go through wondering why that happened. Right. And how many people in life, in this life have all of these things that they don't really understand what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And the mm-hmm. only thing that they can, the only thing that they can really surmise is how they reacted to it or responded to it. Now, this, this is a little bit of a, um, a, a subject change, but speaking of things that I didn't know, I'm actually from the, the, the Baltimore DC area. Mm-hmm. I did not know they had comedy at the penthouse. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> <And tell me. laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what it brought down with you to be. Boy, talk about a tough a crowd. Miracle. Talk about a tough crowd. A miracle took place. Hey, man, ain't nobody going to beat what's displayed in there. That was about you know what I mean? That's, I mean, don't that's get me the number one. That's the number one. That's the number one show of all time. Right? <laughs> no, you, you, you ain't stepping over that. You know, <laughs> you you are a very talented man, you know? Mr. Davidson. But Put it this way, <laughs> it's Put a it, lot at right. the penthouse. Right. Put it this way. I, I think that if it was a better, if, a, if it was a better strip club, we wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> The penthouse is a strip club in the Baltimore, D.C. area, ladies and gentlemen, in the uh, 80s and 90s, um, famous for being infamous from what I've heard from Vincent. And you will learn oh, in man. Tommy Davidson's uh, <laughs> book. Um, it's yeah. in the hood, man. It is like the worst. It's, it is the worst. But, you know, I was ready for that from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which that that see that that's what shocked me because this is proof that you can't judge a book by its cover. Because if I'm you if that. you had told me looking at Tommy Davidson, mm-hmm. you know the guy that I see you know in Woo and Strictly Business, Living Color, you know, right, right, wilding right, up, right. you'd have told me if you asked me what was he like as a kid, and I'd have said Tommy Davidson was reading comic books. Right. He was this big geeky kid, you know, uh-huh. running around. Uh-huh. No, no, no. <laughs> Tommy, 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 yo, ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Davidson was straight hood. He was a straight hood. I'm like, like, I'm scared of Tommy Davidson. Like, I, I don't yeah, want to know that was Thomas Davidson. He became Tommy. Right, he was Thomas right. Davidson on the streets, man. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't mean I kicked everybody's ass, neither. That means, that means I absorbed a whole lot of ass weapons. Right. You know? Don't make me no tough guy. Um, but but what it but but what but what it's done for me is it's made me um, pretty truthful about what I face in this life. You know, mm-hmm. just I can look back, I can look back at incidents, things that happened to me, and things that happened to others, and be grateful for someone being safe from harm. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I see when I see somebody, you know, going. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, doing that. I'm like, you know, you could get killed doing that, right? You know, you could get killed going, saying, you know, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a whip, I'm a whipping motherfucker. Hey, you know, I'll put your mom in, you know, all that stuff. You know, you can actually get killed by just that having that whole thing coming off of you. Mm-hmm. That whole thing coming off of you, you know. They talk, they talk about in the, they talk about in the, in the, in the Bible. You know that, you know, Satan roams around like a lion. You know what I mean? Mm. Looking for someone to devour. Right. You know. Um, and that thing, you, you know, I'll see that. Usually, when I see that, I don't think it's that authentic because people who are like that don't show that. Right. 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 Because they know what comes out of that. So they carry themselves totally different. You know? It's like Bruce like Bruce Lee, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I thought I told you to come in uniform. You know, and he, he just looked at the guy. <laughs> and the guy was like, Okay. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, but no, but there's there's some real. I'm I'm talking real though. I'm talking about when you know when you when you expose yourself to people who don't have anything to lose. Mm-hmm. Right. When you expose yourself to individuals who don't have anything to lose, then it's easier for them to take your life. That's true. Yeah. You see. And we are already dealing with, you know, a certain population that doesn't want us alive anyway. Right. Right. So then you increase that, your chances. Right. You put mm-hmm. yourself you know even I mean? more in the, in the bullseye. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. And it's not that, and that, and that whole equilibrium and that whole thing, thing like that, that's a genuine response from us. To a, to a society that makes us that way. It's just that you don't really see Polish and Germans, people of this, this background, Polish and Germans and, and, and Italians and, and Jews, you don't see them carrying on that way because after World War II, they had uh, 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 4-H club, Boys Town. They had uh, the Boys Clubs of America, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Girls Clubs of America. They had Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. They had all of these government-funded programs, national programs, to get their kids out of the urban mind, mind state, period. And when, you, when they reflect on when they were like that, it's always looked at as heroic. Yeah, right, right. And so we mimic it, right? So we mimic that, you know, we want to match that heroism that comes out of, you know, that the gangster persona. But if you don't understand that the only way that those people could survive in this country was to be like that. Mm-hmm. Was to be like that. And so when we see them today, when I see them today, I always remember that that's what they come from too. Right. I saw a guy the other day, a real estate guy, really beautiful person, of course. I'm gonna show him your house and stuff. And I said, you're Irish. He said, yeah, you know? So, you know, he got to where he got through Camden Hall. He got through where he got through um, New York City when they, you know, did the, the Central Park project mm-hmm. and they and the Irish said if any black people work here we're gonna have another riot. Right. You know, and they and they and they are part of the gangs that were in Pittsburgh and in, in all the inner cities. Mm-hmm. Gangs. Gangs. Okay. Polish gangs, Jewish gangs, gangs. You know? Gangs is not a black phenomenon. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Gangs is a is a is a is an outgrowth of a party. Amen. Amen, indeed. Mm-hmm. So you know, right. rarely you very rarely see whites, you know, uh, portrayed as gangs or as as uh, uh, vandals or as you know negative people who are just going to take your wallet and bust you in the head with axe handle. You know what I mean? Unless you look at some brilliant works. Like um, on the waterfront, 
I was going to say, I was going to say, it's only back then when it was only white faces. Right. Would you see it? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Gretchen Rath. And those are the only things that we have that we can measure and use as a barometer that's an economic problem and not a race problem. Right. Yeah. You see? And it's still an economic problem when it comes to us. Because the key to their whole submission of us as a society is economic. Always comes back to money. It's economically propelled ever since 1921. And, and, and they made a decision that there's not going to be no, no, no black Wall Street. Ever since then, they made sure. Amen. There's only one Wall Street, but you don't see us there. <laughs> no, no, not at all. When, when we had our own, they 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 right, came right. and took you it. You don't see a group, a group of brothers up in there, up in there. Wall Street, a group of brothers like, yo, 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 let it go. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> you know? no, you don't. Make sure you that, don't. That, that, that that's kind of maintained. You know, you know, you never see you know, our brothers, you know, out in front of you know. You know hold on, hold on. I think not any of the players. You know, they they go up to the camera and do all this stuff. You never see brothers doing that outside of Wall Street. You know. That would be funny. Uh, we're talking to Tommy Davidson tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, who is joining joining us to talk about his career. And we're going to be reviewing the movie from 1991, Jungle Fever, direct, written and directed by Spike Lee, starring Wesley Snipes and Annabella Sciorra. Um, were you a fan of the film, uh, Jungle Fever? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of Spike's films. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that um, is if I write, is the is the uh, Stevie Wonder song these three words in that movie? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, That's it is. Right. Yes, it is. Right, did the entire soundtrack. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. So Jungle Fever actually, yeah, Jungle Fever actually was a, a, a revelatory film about the the ridiculousness of there being any kind of stigma against races having intimate sexual and personal relationships with each other. Mm, right. Because mm. the, the theme song to that whole thing is, when was the last time that we heard you say, mother and daughter, they are love of you. These three words. Mm-hmm. Sweet and kind. Right. <laughs> Right. So that was the theme song of it. So you know, you're not going to pick a theme song that's not talking about the subject matter of the movie. Right. 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 You know, right. we we all became we all became different shades. Mm-hmm. One shade was sitting across the river from the other shade, and the women said the guys look really good over there, and the guys said the girls look really good over there. And then it kind of went you know? from there. Or a group of hey, guys I- said the girls look good over there. Let's get rid of the guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess so we should mention from war, the first first thing you take home from war is booty. So uh, that's, that's yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we should we should probably mention. You know, you saying you're you're a fan of Spike Lee. You you actually starred 
in in a, a Spike Lee film that that the two of us have talked about previously and have great admiration for, and that would be Bamboozled. Oh yeah, that's a man. I wish more people would see that movie. Yeah, I don't even know if you can. I don't even know if you can see that on Netflix. We need to research that. Can you see it on Amazon or can you see it on Netflix or anything? It it, it is streaming. You can watch it streaming. It's, is it uh, streaming? Yeah, it's it's streaming. I, I mean, I think you may have to like yeah. rent it. I'm not sure if it's like streaming for like on a service, but it is like okay, it's okay. Up, out there digitally. Unlike Jungle Fever. Well, they discontinued in Blockbuster, and they they they, they blocked it in a, the theater after its third week or something. Really? Wow. You know, I remember yeah. that. I remember because yeah. I had to go. I had to go to New York to, to see, see Bamboozle yeah. because it was playing in Philly, just like Tommy said. Very and and it they, the run was over very quickly, mm-hmm. right? And we actually right. drove to New York to watch it. Wow, yeah, right, yeah. Right. I don't know what 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 it is about about white America when it comes to people's uh, interpretate artistic interpretation of realities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah. know why. You know, a movie like uh, Schindler's List is welcomed, yeah, and and and, and um, critically acclaimed and, and held in high esteem. Mm-hmm. And it's about something very bad that happened to some people, mm-hmm. right? You know, and bamboozle is shunned and thrown out of the theaters, but it's the same thing: something very bad that happened to some people. Exactly. Right. So right. How right. come you know when it comes to something bad that happened to us, why is that like? T- Taken out, taken out of the the sight of, of, of Europeans. Well, you know they want to control the narrative all the time. You know that. Yeah, I know they want to. You know, it's 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 an effort to do that. But there's something there's there's something more there's some there's a deeper core to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you if you claim that you're humane, then make humane take humane actions right right it's like the nfl right you know we were wrong okay but you ain't really admitting it unless you hire him again you think we have, they think i ain't notice it i noticed it i was like jay-z <laughs> came in there and all that and then people with the commercials came on and, and people were really with that, that and all that stuff and all but nobody we're not one black person said wait a second excuse me Why are the owners hiring him again? He was right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's always a uh, little fiber there. You know what I mean? And that's something that time, something that I have faith about. Because if a black man get in the White House, then faith works, boy. How so about I have, that? I have faith that that's going to come to pass, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to come to pass, where. You know, it. You know where justice is is, is served. Most definitely. Uh, we're going to let you get out of here. I'm not going to. I'm not going. I'm Vincent. I'm going to give you mm-hmm. your cream corn moment. But first, <laughs> before we go there, we got we. Um, you got to take that some... baloney, fat into a dome, <laughs> smush frat. Yes. 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 Wait, 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 Vince. Wait, Vince. Wait. I know this is your birthday present, okay. but wait, but wait. We just got one more question. We got a question from somebody in the chat from Farrell Blackwell who wants to ask okay. you, Tommy, okay. when 
will we see a four-way versus between you, Eddie Griffin, Billy Crystal, and Don Cheadle battling it out over the best Sammy Davis Jr. impersonation? Oh, I would love to see that myself. Let's just <laughs> let's put it together. Somebody, somebody put it together. Go to what? What is the thing where, where you raise money online? What is that thing called? Uh, oh, 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 Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go fund me. Go fund me. Yeah. Go fund me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kickstarter. Fund me. Say fund that. Put that together. You know. I wish that was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I will. That would be a ball. I. I will say, and I'm I'm a fan of Billy Crystal. I really am. But I will say, it always bothered me when he did Sammy Davis Jr. because I've I've seen you, Tommy. I've seen I've seen you uh, here in Philly. First of all, real real quick aside, ladies and gentlemen, get the book "Living in Color." What's funny uh, about me for Tommy Davidson and all his stories, but also because of the love that he shows to Philly in that story because Philly gives him love. So I just want to represent that, represent that, represent that. But it always took me out because when I did see you, I saw oh, you man, at Helium, Helium nightclub. Your Philly Sammy Davis was killing heart. it. Philly is my heart, man. I'm telling you, I did my best special there, Illinois, mm-hmm. Philly. You know, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I'm a Negroologist too. Mm-hmm. I'm a Negroologist and I, I contend, all right? I contend that Philadelphia black men are like among some of the smartest black men that we have out here. I don't know what it is about that city. I don't care <laughs> how hood somebody is from Philly. <laughs> Sit down and talk with me. You're like, oh my God, this dude is smart. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe it's the start of the after the AME way back. I don't know. I don't even know. But but there's something in that water. <laughs> there's something in that water, man. Yeah, it is. I ain't gonna front. front. Shoot. All right, Vincent. Have your cream. Have at it. Go. I just need to know is the dream over? Is there no more black dynamite? No, it's coming. Oh, oh. Michael just called me yesterday. I mean, just called me like a couple, couple weeks ago. He said, get ready, you know. Get ready. I mean, I'm gonna call you right away, but you're gonna have to clear your schedule. Get ready. I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Tommy, I I, I have coming. to say, I watched the Michael Jackson episode. <laughs> Come on! Oh my At god! Least... You know what? I'm sorry, Michael Jackson. I'm sorry, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Michael Jackson. Thank you, Michael Jackson. Thank you, Michael Jackson. Thank you, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. That was the. You know what's scary about that? It was the first episode. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Yeah, I was like, I was like, hey, hold on, you guys. I was like, hold on, you guys. Don't go that hard so soon. They were like, nah, man, nah, man. We go hard, go home. That's right. I was about to say, yeah. Oh, we, oh, Ruby Jackson, when she was born, boom, she hit the door. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always was, mourn Shimon over here. Poor Shimon. <laughs> Oh, Shimon. Poor Shimon. He still had the umbilical cord. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that pound for pound, watch the animated series of Black Dynamite, you would get more jokes per second. 
Yes. Anything yes. on the face of the earth. Yes. Yes. Anything yes. on the face of the earth. This thing goes laugh, 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 laugh. Now we're done. <laughs> I was watching Black Dynamite with a friend. We were in the fourth episode. The fourth episode when she turned to me and said, are they saying Horphanage? Yes. <laughs> it is a home for whores and orphans. It's a whore Right. Right. Yeah. And Black Dynamite cold with it. You know, he cold with it. Don't think I'm going to the shit out of the kid. Now get him out of here before he's going to last. Now, back, you know what I mean? You know, Black Dynamite, leave that nurse alone. She the one that came in here with them titties. It's the best. Yes. We need to do a feature Black Dynamite the cartoon. Yeah. That's what you yeah. need. That's what it needs. Yes. 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 That's what y'all need to do. So. The film. Mm. I'm there for so, it. Yes. I, I mean, the future, the future is, is, is so bright, but it's just Tuesday too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, future yeah. is bright, but it's just Tuesday too. A woman died at my show in Philly. Oh no! Wow. Yeah, a woman died at my show. I was yep. just talking to somebody, and they mentioned Philly, and I told them uh, I invited that person to the show. Mm-hmm. At, a, at a check cashing place on Sunday, she let me in. She cashed my check. She was so nice, and I invited her to the show. She said, "Today's my birthday." I said, "Well, why don't you come to the show?" She brought her kids. Mm. One was like 26, the other one was like 21 or something. 15 minutes in the show, she had a massive heart attack and died. Oh! And I got faith in mankind because there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Mm. Now, I was feeling some way about it for sure. And this black woman, really attractive black woman, walks up to me. There's a light in her eyes. And she says, isn't that beautiful? I said, what are you talking about? She said, of all the ways... God could have walked her up to heaven. He chose you. Mm, it could have been wow. a plane crash, cancer, you know, whatever. And even though she told me that I was still feeling down, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I got on the plane and um, I saw Smokey Robinson. And I mm. said, Smokey, has this ever happened to you? He said, no. <laughs> he said, but I tell you what, invite all your enemies to your next show because you kill them, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I felt better after that, but yeah. you know, it's just only Tuesday, man. Yeah, you know. Well, Amen. thank you, thank you. It 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 has been an honor. We you are got fans. It, guys. We are fans. We love yeah. you. Let's make this part one. Oh no, oh. no doubt. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Yeah, right. yo, you, you say the word, right. man. Yeah. I was about to say we would we would love to be able to 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 maybe it's your birthday. And... We'll do it on next. Maybe it's your birthday. We'll do it on next. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Get you, know you in April. Yeah. See you yeah. in April, bro. Yeah. Hey, Most man, that's, definitely. that's a nice little span. That's a nice little span. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll make we'll make it happen. Right. We'll I'm, I'm, here. It happen. I'm here. All right. Uh, thank you guys for some great questions, man. Oh, oh, oh. No, most definitely. Yes. The book, Tommy Davidson, Living in Color, What's Funny About Me, on on sale everywhere. Everywhere you find a book. Look Absolutely. for a book, you will see this book. Absolutely. Look for it. Grab it. Great, great read. Great read. Tommy Davidson. Thank you. Um, I will be 
remiss if I didn't didn't at least ask this, Tommy, if you if you would be so kind, if you could give us a a just a little word of saying that this is Tommy Davidson, and you're listening to the Michelle Mission. Even if you and if you want to do it in Sammy, yeah, you want to do yeah, it in okay, Queen, it. whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right, go. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Ready? This is Tommy Davidson, and you are listening to the Michelle Movement. And hold on, I want to show you a real movement. Watch this. Movement. <laughs> and I mean that, man. <laughs> Tommy Davidson, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, man. Much love, thank man. You. Hey, you too. We got a date. Your birthday, bro. All right. All right. All right. All right. We'll make it happen. All right. Most definitely. All right, brother. All right. Thank you, guys. Good work. Yeah. Good thank work. You. You're needed. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank All right. You, brother. Have a good one. All right. You Peace. 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 Tommy Davidson. Tommy Davidson. That thank cool. you once again, Mr. Davidson. Now, as he said, we just do the work you know we were tommy davidson was here he was plugging it plugging his book and vincent if you would be so kind i have a little project that i would like to plug. please do please do uh ladies and gentlemen i have started because i'm a glutton for punishment <laughs> another podcast it is called the rule of man available at the rule and everywhere the good podcasts be it is where i and my best friend calvin sit down with a group of men and we talk about well we answer actually the questions of the world from the world of women okay uh the first episode just actually went up yesterday on monday where we answered the question of what is our biggest fear for the future or next generation of black men? Okay. Uh, it proved to be a very fun, interesting, lively conversation. And I hope you check it out. The rule of man podcast available everywhere that you find good podcasts. So excellent. Check it out and uh, look us up on all the social medias, the rule of man, like us, follow us, all that type of stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Ready for our review? Hey. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Are we out here tonight, Flipper? All right, you gotta promise me that you're not gonna tell anyone. Our lips are sealed. Come on, what happened? All right, but you gotta swear. I mean, this is like swearing a stack of Bibles, swearing like a zillion rosary beads. I swear on my great grandmother, okay? We swear, we swear what? I, I cheated on Drew. I'm saying somebody. You too, Tyra? Who are you seeing? Oh. I thought you were gonna drop a bomb. I. And what is he, like, blonde, blue-eyed surfer type? Hey, dude. Right? <laughs> She's white. White. Man, you don't get Willie's black. If your father ever found out, I don't know. She's Italian. H-bomb. Vincent Hurst. Nuclear megaton bomb. Hey, look, this is the 90s. There's nothing wrong with it, you know? Both of you's got jungle fever. Jungle fever. A 1991 American romantic drama 
Written, produced, and directed. And directed. By Spike Lee. The film stars Wesley Snipes and Annabella Sciorra, Asi Davis, Ruby D, Lynette McKee, John Totoro, Frank Vincent, in her film debut, Halle Berry. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Smaller roles for Tim Robbins, Brad Dorf, Michael Imperioli, Anthony Quinn. Anthony Quinn. And Anthony Quinn. And last, but never shall he be the least, Samuel L. Jackson. Man. In the role that <laughs> very likely made him a, the star that he is today. Do you remember the first time you heard the song Scenario? <laughs> and you knew who Buster Rhymes was. Right. Like he was in Leaders of the New School, but like mm-hmm. he was a dude in Leaders of the New School. Yeah. But then you heard him on Scenario. And you knew. And you said, oh, shit. Yeah. Who is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's Samuel David, Samuel yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. In Jungle Gator. <laughs> right. Yeah. This episode 275, our first stop on the road to 300. Here we go. Is Vincent's selection. Yes, sir. Vince, what say you of Jungle Fever? Well, first and foremost, I would like to acknowledge that you and I have been blessed over the past year that we have gained a few more members here on the journey Mm -hmm. on the Michelle Mission. So those of you who may be new to the mission may not have heard that Spike Lee is indeed my favorite filmmaker. Yes. And he is so much so my favorite filmmaker that the boasts that I've made over the years is that I will take Spike Lee's first five films, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. And I will put them, put them up against any other filmmakers, first five films. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there aren't filmmakers who haven't made better films than Spike Lee. I'm not saying that they're not overall better filmmakers. Right. But what I am saying is for five right out the box, I'll put them up against anyone's five. First five. Mm-hmm. Really six, because the sixth film is Malcolm X. Mm. But five sounds good. Mm-hmm. Of those five films, Jungle Fever is the fifth. Right. And I think Jungle Fever is a great film. However, Mm -hmm. of those five films, Jungle Fever is the film that I think you can really start to identify some of the challenges that come out as Spike Lee's career goes on. Gotcha. First and foremost, I think this is the first film that you notice he he starts to stuff it mm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is a film, it's about the, the interracial relationship between the character Flipper, played by Wesley Snipes, and Angie, played by Annabella Shior. 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 Flipper is an account, I'm, I'm uh, uh, an architect. She plays a temp secretary. The two of them end up having an affair. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the center of the film. That's what the film is titled. That's it. That's the cover, the whole thing. And from this central narrative, it kind of builds out. Yeah. Flipper is married to Drew, played by Lynette McKee. So you have a bit of a domestic drama 
just between the two of them. They actually live in a brownstone above um, their neighbors and friends. You have Cyrus, played by Spike Lee, and Cyrus's wife, Vera, played by Veronica Webb. Mm -hmm. So that's a bit of a little bit. It's a little bit of a story there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Angie comes from Bensonhurst, Mm -hmm. and she has her own family as well. She has two brothers and a father, so there's a little bit of a narrative there. Mm -hmm. Flipper, again, is an architect. There's a, a germ of a workplace drama because he wants a promotion and mm-hmm. they're not giving him a promotion and and there's a bit of that there mm-hmm. flipper's parents played by ozzy davis and ruby d as um as the good reverend doctor uh pure uh, purify well really the good reverend doctor and then ruby d's his mother lucinda right and then as we've mentioned samuel jackson plays his older brother gator right and that's a whole narrative. Yes. Angie has a boyfriend mm-hmm. played by John Turturro as Pauly. Mm-hmm. Pauly runs a drugstore. Mm-hmm. Pauly's father is played by Anthony Quinn. That's a bit of a story. Yes. There are people who come into the drugstore. That's a whole story. Yeah, yeah, right. Tyra Farrell is a black woman who comes to the drugstore. There's the seed of a romance mm-hmm. between her and Paul. Between her and Paul. So there's a lot of story. A lot of story. A lot of story. And because of that, you know, it, I mean, it's two hours and 12 minutes. So mm-hmm. it's not a short film. No. But it's certainly not long enough to give enough attention to all of these stories. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame mm-hmm. because there are stories here that you really want to see more of. So and again, that's something I think you see in Spike Lee films as time goes on. Speaking of narrative challenges, this is a film that really there there are these plot choices, these plot moments that you can tell kind of happen just to move things along. Okay, you you know when 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 Flipper has the affair, he tells Cyrus about it. And, and, you know, I just have to say, like, not even as, like, like, just as a man, you always know, like, there are two types of men. There are men who tell their wives everything, or there are men who keep secrets. Mm-hmm. And you know who these men are, and you treat them accordingly. Yes. According to the film, these two are old friends. Yes. So Flipper knows that Cyrus is going to tell his wife things. Yes. And yet he tells him tells her about the affair. He tells him about the affair. Tells him about the affair, which then blows up his life. Right. Because the Quickly. film needs his life blown up. Mm-hmm. There is a moment where the, the where where Flipper and Angie are play fighting mm-hmm. that turns into an incident with the police, but it's so artificially constructed to get to the police. Yes. You can tell that Spike Lee just sort of needed this spark yeah needed something there that wasn't there and then we've talked about this before with 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 spike lee's endings this is a film that doesn't really end no no. it just kind of peters out Mm -hmm. so those are oh and then you know spike lee's italians 
there there are a few there are a couple of scenes with some Italians where it's like okay, which is Angie's family primarily. And, well, Angie's family, and and I have to say, I actually didn't mind her family except for you know that very graphic scene where her father beats her. Mm. But you know they were just sort of meatheads. Mm-hmm. Like I, her like, brothers, her yeah. brother, like like she lives with her two adult brothers and her dad, and you get the sense that that her mom has died. And now it's just these two meathead brothers and mm-hmm. her dad. I actually didn't mind. Like, like that kind of rung true. Like, if you kind of know family dynamics like that. Okay. Like, these two kind of overgrown men mm-hmm. living in the house with the dad. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the Italians that come into John Turturro's drugstore mm. are just, like, like just they're not even caricatures they're just sort of sketched out and and i do have to say just historically the film is very much a post yusef hawkins film and yusef hawkins was a young black man who was murdered mm-hmm. in bensonhurst a, a very heavily italian american era and emotions were very very high mm-hmm. in the 90s with black italian american relationships especially in new york mm-hmm. you know this is a film right after do the right thing Yep. But having said that, I hold that against Spike Lee because I know he's capable of more subtle work when he kind of pulls it in a little bit. I mean, even in this film, talking about narratives that don't get enough space, Mm -hmm. I think Anthony Quinn's character, John Turturro's father, is just as racist Mm -hmm. as the other characters but it's not frothing at the mouth. No. Like you get like like I love when he finds out John Turturro's character is is dating a black girl. He said he ain't no ain't going to be no brown no brown sugar in here. Mm-hmm. And it's like this very heavy Anthony Quinn accent. So there's that. These kind of cracks. Mhm. But there's so much that I love about this film. Okay. There's so much that I love about this. Just on the level of technique. By his fifth film, Spike Lee, I mean, he's a master. Like, mm. he's a master craftsman. Mm. Just scene to scene. The establishment of place. Mm-hmm. The way he 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 kind of constructs the scenes. The blocking of the actors. Mm-hmm. Whether it is... Ozzie Davis and Ruby D's house, mm. you know, this house and the way he establishes it as this house of two older religious black people, mm-hmm. whether it is John Turturro's drugstore, which has this wonderful lived in old drugstore sensibility about it. Right. And this is the old drugstore when the drugstore was like the was like a soda Shop. Right, right. I, I mean, it's an old Brooklyn drugstore. Like, you can tell this has been a drugstore probably since the 50s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about it. It's the showiest set piece in the film, but it absolutely should be celebrated. There's a moment where Flipper has to go find his brother Gator mm-hmm. in a crack house. Mm-hmm. And it is this extraordinary set piece with, you know, Stevie Wonder's, you know, living for the city playing over it and you you know this is 91 mm-hmm. at the height of crack mm-hmm. so you have him going in and finding it talking about a set piece and extraordinary moments there is a scene after flipper is found out 
where his wife Angie basically gets her girlfriends together. Yep. Yep. Has a war council, as, uh, as, as Cyrus calls as it. As Cyrus calls it, a war council. And it is raw mm-hmm. and emotional. Mm-hmm. And frankly, by my experience, hearing black some black women, you know, not all black women, but some black women talking about this issue of black men and white women, mm-hmm. it is pretty on. Like, this is, this is a real thing. And just technically... One of the best decisions Spike Lee makes with this scene, it's 25 takes, highly improvised. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he pulled back completely and just let these actresses go. Right. So you've got our beloved Phyllis Stickney in there. Teresa Randall is in there. Lynette McKee is in there. Veronica Webb. Veronica Webb. Like, there's just a bevy of Black actresses. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're talking about the, the 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 social aspect of it, the historical aspect of it. There's a bit of colorism that, like, you can tell it's unscripted mm-hmm. because when you know one of the darker actresses talks about colorism mm-hmm. with black men and black women, some of the lighter actresses, including Veronica Webb, who is not the most accomplished actress, so her poker face isn't what Lynette McKee's poker face exactly, is. Exactly, yeah. So when that one actress starts talking about colorism, like you can see on Veronica Webb's face. Yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, I didn't know it was going to go this way. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just, you know, it's this extraordinary scene. Mm-hmm. The performances, you know, ironically, to be in the center of the narrative, I feel like Wesley Snipes is almost a supporting actor mm-hmm. in his film. I would say the same about Annabella Shiora, but I like her in the scenes with John Totoro. Yeah. Like I really like, like there's this real sweetness mm-hmm. of the two of them, them together. And the one scene at dinner with her family. Right. Yeah. I really like the camaraderie. You know, I like the, the I, I like the spirit of it. Likewise. And speaking of narratives, you don't get enough of. I wanted a whole movie of John Turturro and Anthony Quinn. Just a whole movie of the, of this relationship mm-hmm. and, and John Turturro kind of living his life or this semblance of a life mm-hmm. because he has to do with Anthony Quinn tells him to do. This is one of, I believe, Anthony Quinn's later roles. Like oh, one, yeah. One of his last roles. But you see why Anthony Quinn is Anthony Quinn. Amen. Like, like the man is a legend and you see why he's a legend even at this part point of his career. Yeah, because he's not in the movie long that at long. all. Speaking of which, look, I think this this may be my favorite Ruby D role. Hmm. Ruby D's mother navigates talking about women navigating through these families with three men. Mm-hmm. Ruby D's mother and wife mm-hmm. kind of negotiating this space between her drug addicted son, her husband, who is a hard man, Gator, who's just sort of adrift. And you see her scene to scene, just trying to hold it together, mm-hmm. trying to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. You get these wonderful moments where Spike Lee grants her space by herself, where you see her frustrations. Mm-hmm. You see her sadness. Silent. 
frustrations you and see sad. Yeah. all of yeah. them. There's this great moment at dinner where 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 Ozzie Davis's character invites Flipper and Angie over, mm-hmm. and and Ozzie Davis's character is the hard one, the overtly hard one. But I love the fact that Ruby D has these silent blades. Mm-hmm. Like when she says to Flipper, "Have you met her family?" and it's so innocent. And it's so sweet, but boy, the knives are out because mm-hmm. she knows exactly what she has said. And then when he doesn't, you know, when he kind of doesn't take that bait, then she, you know, cuts a little deeper. Well, did you, did he tell you about his wife and his daughter? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she's so innocent and she's so, but, but it's all there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we mentioned it when it opened. Samuel Jackson is, 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 is phenomenal. Yeah. Samuel Jackson steals this entire movie. Yep. He steals this entire movie. And I have to say, again, speaking of anecdotal, and you can't use anecdotal as proof, this is the most realistic depiction of a drug addict I have ever seen on film. Mm. The charm, the emotional coercion, Mm -hmm. dare I say terrorism, the menace yep. that is right under the surface mm-hmm. until it's not under the surface is phenomenal. He's absolutely phenomenal in the role of Gator. Yeah. And the pluses outweigh the minuses so much that while I do again think that this is the least of the best. Mm-hmm. I, I still land on this is this is great. I love this film. Well, it's it's easy to see, first of all, just to speak about Samuel Jackson and his depiction of Gator. You know, if you read his story, it's easy to see why he is so mesmerizing in this role, because he is basically performing his life as it was not too long before he got this role. Mm-hmm. You know, he it was, I think, no more than a month, maybe even less time out of rehab mm-hmm. for his own addictions when he took on this film. And uh, you, when you do the research, you find that he was able to bring some of his own nuance uh you know his own experiences to the role to the script and to some of the scenes you know with you know spike's permission to really give his character that full body in even the very uh, uh, little amount of screen time that he has in this movie so i think it that's the reason why he does steal that you know, the scenes that he's in. Mm-hmm. I think it's also the reason why, as I see that uh, Sharon Eldridge mentions in the chat, Gator is the name you remember from the movie. Like How I, about that? like I, I, I knew Wesley Snipes. I knew Annabella Sciarra. I couldn't have told you their names. Mm-hmm. I believed I knew Angie's name. And when I heard it, I was like, ah, now I know why I always thought I knew her name because around the time that this came out, I was actually working with an Italian whose name was Angie Bushi. Okay. So, so like, oh, because we we joked about that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, it makes sense that that you know he he's the person that that's the character that 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 pops, right? It also makes sense that that scene with the quote unquote war council that you mentioned that pops because again, that's another moment where Spike Lee pulls himself out of the situation because you have to imagine that he, you know, he wrote this film Mm -hmm. and despite everybody having, you know, um, their own dialogue that sounds kind of, you know, sounds, you know, true to an Italian or a black guy or whatever. It definitely still does sound like Spike's ear. That scene, you can tell it's improv because it doesn't quite sound like it's all Spike's ear. Mm-hmm. It does sound a little bit more natural, natural in the way that it's being read and some of the things that are being said. And I think that that is um, the reason why that, scene resonates so strongly and and stands out so powerfully the other reason why it stands out so powerfully is because unfortunately in my eyes that is the only real scene that does the the heavy lifting that this whole film purports to do which is to explore this relationship between a black man and a white woman it's there on the poster it's there in the stevie wonder uh opening opening song it's there that that that's what this movie is going to going to explore but like you say the film is stuffed with so much narrative in there that not only does Wesley Snipes become more of a a supporting player, that whole Mm storyline just becomes basically the, the, the branch from which everything else is hanging and pulling it down so that you don't even notice the branch. You don't notice that story. There are moments in, we're meant to believe that Wesley Snipes goes from, um, being a bit dismissive and upset that the Angie has been hired to be his assistant because he requested that, that, you know, if there was going to be another assistant, that she'd be African, African American. Mm -hmm. We're meant to believe that he goes from that to within what feels like a short amount of time to not only accepting her, but developing some type of romantic feelings for her, mm-hmm. right? And while there are moments where you know you 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 see them through a series of like late night eatings right, right. where they kind of like yeah. start talking to one another and they slowly get closer and closer to one another, and that's all well and good, but. It feels very rushed. It feels very it, it, like the. I think the time lapses don't really do the story any. It, it, it doesn't serve the story to me. Mm-hmm. It, it's. It feels like it's just a rush to get them to right. Get them to this. To get yeah. them to the sex. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And okay, if you're going to take that leap, all right, that's fine. At some point, I'm figuring you're going to put the brakes on and let's really explore what's happening here. Right. And you really never do. 
because you because every time you check back in on their situation, they're telling you what has happened, what is happening, but there's never there's not a whole lot of showing mm-hmm. what's happening. There's moments when, you know, their relationship goes from them being hot and heavy to their court when they're not caught, but you know, they find out Wesley Snipes is found out. Then the next thing, and he's kicked out of his house. He wants to get back with his, his wife. And there's a very good memorable scene when he shows up at his wife's job. um, And he, you know, with with roses in hand, trying, trying, trying to, or at least appearing to Mm -hmm. fall on his sword. She ain't got no time for it because she's got the ward drum still in her head and she's got no time for it. And, and, and God bless, God bless her. And it's dismissive of him. But we're meant to believe that when he leaves, he still is holding out hope that, things will turn around. And yet the next thing we see is he's getting an apartment with girl with the white girl, Angie on his lap. So it's like, okay, which way is is your heart really going? And you don't really explore that. It's almost like spike. He wants to talk about this, but then he doesn't really want to talk about it. Right. And, and I think that is the shame of this movie. The whole time I'm watching this movie, because there is so much to, to, to devour in that story from what's going on in Wesley's mind, what's going on in, in Angie's mind, especially considering, like you said, the graphic beatdown that she receives when her father finds out that she is dating a black black man that is one of the most graphic uh scenes of, of violence and never mind domestic violence that i've ever seen or i remember since i don't know when yeah it's a tough See, scene. it is a very it's a tough very scene. tough scene yeah but the scary part about that is okay if you're not going to show any repercussions for the father because we don't really so much care about him and he's a pig or whatever mm-hmm. you don't even really see her deal with it mm-hmm. you don't even really see wesley you know uh, engage with her about it mm-hmm. at all there's no real exploration of it there's 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 meat on the on, on the bone right there that that spike just leave just leaves lynette mcgee mckee is left to be you know there they seem to have a very loving relationship. The film opens with her and her husband. Yes. Making love. Yes. Being in love the whole front of the film. And yet somewhere along the line, Wesley, you know, falls for this, for this, uh, for Angie, whether or not it's, you know, the lore of, or curiosity of being a white woman or, or what he kind of says that. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that necessarily is it. The film doesn't, there are not necessarily any clues that say that's what it is, right? But let's investigate that. You know, if if you don't want to tell me dead on, that's fine. But let's investigate it. Let's investigate, like, yes, do do you get uh, Lynette McKee, um, you know, like, wailing and and cursing and fuming with her girlfriends afterwards? Sure. Do you get her fuming at him? Yes. But then she leaves the movie. Right. 
She doesn't. And the next time you see her really is not till the end mm -hmm. when they are back in bed. Right. Um, now, it, it's a little bit of a different circumstance there. But that's a whole world that could have been explored. There's a lot of exploration, it, it, a lot of stuff that could be explored there. And I think Spike does, I he doesn't take the opportunity to do that. Now, if you want to believe the, you know, the uh, uh, some of the theories about this movie, you know, his, his father, Bill Lee, um, purported or is rumored to have said that he believes that Jungle Fever is Spike's um, kind of like angry response to his father, you know, yeah, uh, divorcing his mother yeah, for a white woman. I wasn't going to. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's out there. So I'm yeah, going to so yeah. I'm going to say it. And and maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but we'll never know. And I think the the argument that it, uh, you could argue, argue that possibly it isn't primarily because he doesn't explore it right. hard. Well, it feels like if you want to follow that, that line of reasoning, it feels like an emotional lashing out. Right. And then he was more interested in other aspects of the story. Like you said, the, the, the branches pulling down. Well, but, but it's not other aspects of the story. It's no, other no. stories. Yeah. Basically. Right. Other stories. Yeah. Right. Like, like you can feel the weight mm -hmm. of that domestic situation of his parents in Gator mm -hmm. pulling at the film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you can feel, Feel, I, I mean, it really is like everything sort of is drawn to that, mm -hmm. and 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 I think that that is that is that kind of speaks to what you're saying, because when you you know you say, I forget how you just put it, like like you started with he was interested and then he wasn't interested. In my mind, I feel like maybe he was interested initially like again almost an emotional lashing out mm -hmm. and then once he got it out of his system he wanted to do some other stuff yeah but like i gotta make a movie right um i gotta make this movie and and i will say this i guess this sort of goes along with that theory but also contradicts it i really paid attention to the storyline with Tara Farrell and John Turturro. Okay. Time, mm -hmm. Which is also the, the, the budding of an interracial relationship. Mm -hmm. But it's treated much more gently. Yes. Than what happens in the main storyline. So I don't even get the sense that this is about Spike Lee's very strident anti-interracial relationship. Mm -hmm. film because there's another interrelationship interracial relationship film um um story in the film that's actually quite sweet yeah but see but i don't think he's i it's don't not develop because again i think right. there are all these plots yeah but even saying that i do think there is a sweetness there there is and, and i don't think this movie is i don't think this movie is anti-interracial uh i think this movie wants to talk about Right, interracial relationships, mm -hmm. but I I just think that 
for I think the movie is scared to to go there, you know, um, and that may be like we have mentioned before in Spike Lee's films. That may be a little bit of uncomfortableness or clumsiness, shall we say, with uh, some of his stories that more directly involve women, you know, mm-hmm. black women specifically, you know? Um, and there is, I think this might be, you know, more evidence of that problem, even though it's not necessarily a, you know, wholly a black woman's story, but it's, I think it's very interesting that outside of being angry, Lynette McKee is pretty much, you know, vacant from the movie mm-hmm. uh, unless she is with Wesley and making love. Right. I just, I, I, I'm sorry. I right. do. I think that's, right. that's an, an and then of course scene. the the one scene and then the one scene at the store. Right. That, but that but then again, that's her being angry. Right. Well, I wouldn't just put her at angry. Like I do. Well, think she's angry. She's hurt. She just said, right. And yeah, there's, mean, a, there's a lot, there's a lot, but, but I, I just don't, I just don't, while I don't think the film had to center on her story, I think if you are going to have multiple stories in this film, mm-hmm. that that is a story that should be one yeah. of them. And I do like Tyra Farrell's character. I like her character Again, too. Not enough of her in this film. I, th- th- I like her character too. I think, honestly, I think there's enough of her in this film mm-hmm. for, to be that, that other side for John Totoro. Yeah. Um, but, you know, not for the not for the the sake of Lynette McKee's character. Right. That that that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I guess we've talked about Ruby D and Lynette McKee and Tyra Farrell. We should probably mention the other major African American female <laughs> making her film debut. Making her film debut. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Another one of the greatest film drug addicts I've ever seen. <laughs> she is fantastic. Who would have thought that ha- Halle Berry would be an outstanding drug addict? She is fantastic. She is. But, you, but you know what I realized? I'm glad we watched this after BAPS. I'd... She is such a great physical actor. Yes. 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 Man. Yes. I was watching this and that's the same thing I was saying. I was like... It was all right there. It was the physicality. She's funny. She, she, she's funny. Her facial, her face is there. She's giving you all the emotion. Flipper and Gator talking in the park. And she off screen. <laughs> yes. Muttering and talking. Yes. Crazy drug addict talk. I said that damn Haley Berry is acting right now. Yes. I'm go tell me, get me under the eyeball. I said, is that her muttering off camera? Oh my god! Oh my god! It was all. It was all there. It's all there. It was all there. The road less. Let's try. It's a straight line mm. from Jungle Fever to Babs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So. So I say all of that to say, and and don't get me wrong, it's a gorgeous film. You can't knock Ernest Dickerson's, you oh, know, of course not. Cinematography cannot knock it. Um, I, you know, Stevie Wonder's soundtrack, you know, is it 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 
it, you know, jungle fever is like, you know, can be like an earworm. Oh my goodness. You know, um, uh, these three words, you know, just like Tommy Davidson mentioned, like a beautiful mm-hmm. song. Uh, there, you know, so I think that his soundtrack, you know, living just enough for the city is an older Stevie Wonder right. uh, song, but it's it's perfectly placed. Yeah. Oh yeah. In this film, so much so that fans of that of that uh, song will know that there are moments in the song because it's a very long song, but there's a moments in the songs where you actually hear, you know, street you know yeah. sounds of sounds of the city mm-hmm. uh in that song and they perfectly overlay yeah. with the scene it's look that is in it's, it's, look, it's spot on. a set piece yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's so so it's a beautiful moment I, I remembered you know and i hadn't watched this film in so long and one of the things i remembered is that i remembered liking wesley snipes you know i like wesley snipes as sure, an actor of course but i remember liking wesley snipes clothes so watching nice. this film again, I was like, now I know why I remember. I should see is a sharp dressed man in this in this movie. Well, soon to be Academy Award winning costumer, mm-hmm. Ruth Carter. Amen. Ruth Carter. So it's so it the trappings of this film are all there. Oh yeah. But at the end, while I can say that this is a good film, sure. And I would, you know, jump in the gun a little bit. I would recommend this movie. Of course you would. I, 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 at the end, I have very mixed feelings about the movie. Look, I, look, I'm going to say what I, 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 look, first five. I don't care. You look, pick them. And the first five are, she's got to have it. School days, do the right thing. Mo better blues, jungle fever. There you go. I put them five up against anybody's first five. I don't care. Mm. You pick them, put them up. We watch these 10 films. Okay. A, I think this, again, again, is the weakest of those five. B, appropriately enough, as we were talking to Tommy Davidson, who was in a film that I think is an example of what I'm about to say, I think Spike Lee made better films than Jungle Fever after Jungle Fever. Mm-hmm. including something like bamboozled mm-hmm. but you know just sort of to, to, and i'll bounce off what you said about ernest dickerson like this is still in that moment where where like spike lee is is in that that pocket that mm-hmm. early pocket where he has ernest dickerson he has um terrence blanchard mm-hmm. doing the scores he has this kind of th- this this spike lee troop Right. Of actors who I have to say, besides Giancarlo Esposito, like Giancarlo Esposito is my favorite actor from that Spike Lee troupe, that okay. like early Spike Lee troupe of actors. Mm-hmm. But John Totoro is right up there with, like, I yeah. love yeah. John Totoro, except for Quiz Show. John Turturro's my favorite John Turturro roles are in Spike Lee films. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say like you didn't like. No, 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 no. Outside of right, like I like everything he did with Spike Lee better than everything he's ever done outside of Spike Lee, except Mm. for his performance in Quiz Show. Show. And yes, I did see The Big Lebowski before (laughs) anyone asked. So you know, all again, I think Ruby D and Ozzy Davis are great in this film. Yeah coming off of do the right thing where you know you know i think that there's sheer perfection in do the right thing 
but quietly they don't have a lot of space together and do the right thing i think this they're 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 they're, they're fantastic oh yeah i, I think they're they are. fantastic and and again there is a subtlety to ruby d's performance mm-hmm. that i don't see a lot mm-hmm. from her so so you you know as, as as much as you get the flash of gator mm-hmm. and quietly the flash of the good reverend doctor yeah 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 I love how she moves mm-hmm. in between these men. I mm-hmm. love. There's a wonderful scene where she sends Gator, I mean um, Flipper, to go find Gator, mm-hmm. and and Flipper is telling you know he, my brother is a drug addict. Like there's nothing, and but the strength, and look, you go find your brother, mm-hmm. and it 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 was just so honest, like it was such an honest moment mm-hmm. between this mother. And this son who's tasked with this, you know, this fool's errand. Yeah. But you have to do it mm-hmm. because I'm your mother. That's right. And and it, there's this strength. There's that little bit, again, of this emotional, almost, you know, leaning on the emotions because she's no fool. Like, she knows that I'm making you do this because I'm your mother. Mm-hmm. That that you know, I, I probably I, I have the same reservations you have, but yeah, you know it's jungle fever. It is it's jungle fever. It is. Uh, Janine in the chat says that this film has some of Spike's best character moments. Yeah, she points out. I I I I one hundred percent agree. And again, my frustration is some of those character moments. There just isn't enough room. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I could have watched a half hour of the office politics of that architecture firm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins and Brad Dorf, basically for one, one and a half scenes of a movie. And you know, like you you understand that whole dynamic. Dynamic. Yep. 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 I, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. Again, yeah. I mentioned Anthony Quinn. Anthony Quinn has this beautiful monologue about his his wife mm-hmm. and you know that was a woman and it's like this is it right here like i'll just take it i'll just go ahead and say it i didn't need the interracial relationship that's the thing like i actually didn't need no, no. wesley snipes and annabelle she Sh- Sh- in the movie frankly like i liked annabelle she with john Totoro, but the two of them together I was like, all right. Well, the thing is, I think that Annabella's character, by virtue of the world in which she navigates, is is allowed to show more colors, more ranges. Yes. yes. You know, because she has to interact with her family, with her right. father and her brothers. She mm-hmm. has to interact with John Totoro's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, John Totoro. And, and by proxy, the world in which he lives. Because even though she's not seen with those guys, her presence is there sure. because you realize her relationship with John Totoro. Sure. And never mind her relationship with Wesley, yeah. which appears over the course of time to, to get rocky. We just never really we see just it. Never We're really just being it. told that. Yeah. As opposed to Wesley... 
Wesley basically just becomes the straight man in this movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. outside of the one scene where he kind of blows up at the architect at, at, at work, mm -hmm. he really is just reacting. He comes home, his wife is throwing his stuff out. You know, he, he talks to Spike. He he really is a, a one note for the rest of the film. Yeah. And 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 I think that's the reason why you, you could get lost and you know, happily lost in that world because it just feels so much richer, so much more vital, yeah, and so much more authentic because you're not allowed an authentic look into Wesley's world or his mindset. Because even Spike Lee as his best friend is really not really doing anything. His uh, exposition looks again, and he's, it's just harping on it. Lynette McKee has has as as he mentioned a great moment mm -hmm. where she kind of and and I, I wonder how much of that is the script mm. where Lynette McKee talks about being a, a biracial woman. And that, see, and, that and, sounded like Spike. That and, sounded like Spike. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. Some of that, some of them names and, and the way she was and the, the names didn't really make sense. Mm. Like, when, like I've said for years, when she said, they call me white nigga, nigga white. I was like, this, this sounds like this is Lynette McKee right now. Like, mm. like she kind of went down, but then when she says you and Cyrus always, Date white, date light skinned women. You've always dated light skinned women. That's what you've always wanted. And I was like, well, this is a moment. Like, this is the moment they're really going to unpack Flipper's colorism. Right. But then, like you said, it's 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 a thread that's never, nope, never picked up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's yet another moment where I'm frustrated by the overpacked yes. plot, so that there's no attention paid mm -hmm. to if there were just less, but. Yeah. Um, if you won't allow me. Okay. A man moment. Okay. And just say. Yes. That as many mixed emotions as I have about this film. Jungle yes. Rewatching this film again. I do have to thank Spike Lee. Okay. For giving me a film. Mm -hmm. Where I can sit and luxuriate, luxuriate on the shoulders <laughs> of Phyllis Stickney. Phyllis Stickney, ladies and gentlemen, I have a thing for shoulders. More importantly, I have a thing for like you know, like like shoulder, like pull down dresses mm -hmm. and stuff like that that, that that expose the shoulder. And Phyllis Stickney, who sits my my the the. One of the, the most, <laughs> one of the things I love about black women is that when they come and they, when they're comfortable, they sit down in a chair and they sit in the chair. Like they get in, they get the yeah. feet first, they fold their feet, they're sitting on their feet and they're real comfortable, got to kick their shoes off. And Phyllis Stickney is sitting in the chair. She is sitting on her feet. And she is just going. Her neck is working. Her shoulders are out of this beautiful sweater. Oh, I mean, I love her as an actress. I think she is an actress that, that Hollywood slept on hard. Absolutely. But my God, she's a beautiful woman. Look, oh, like we said, that film, that, that scene was highly improvised. And you can tell because although this is the only scene Phyllis Stickney is in, mm. she takes over the scene. Mm. 
Yeah, she does. Like, I'm sure they said, okay, Lynette McKee has to end the scene. Yeah. It's about her. But the scene itself, like, because I love that scene. Mm-hmm. I, I adore this scene. Like, my two main Spike Lee women arguments when, you know, over the years where people said, like, I think Nola Darling from She's Gotta Have It is actually revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go there. And then this scene. Yes. Because this scene is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. So I've and some of Teresa Randall's best work. So look, everybody, and again, I think this is a raw, honest scene. Mm-hmm. And the dynamic between the women, Phyllis Dickney takes over. Yeah, like Phyllis Dickney, like you know. So look, if they'd have figured out a way to get Tyra Farrell in there. The whole thing and, and stock would have blown up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, I, I agree. Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, let's say Farrell Blackwell says, if made today, this movie would have been a conspiracy by the other two partners wrapped in a Me Too moment designed to get Snipes' character out of the firm. Mm. Interesting. An action figure expert, hey, long time no, I haven't heard from you, says, is it plausible that Gator? Could be Samuel Jackson's character from coming to America. No, it wouldn't be because it's a different city. I mean, it's Queens. Oh, was that Queens? Yeah. Oh, I don't know why. Why was I thinking? Dude, that's the whole plot. No, I don't know why. It's... Where does a king find a woman beautiful enough from? In, in Queens. 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 Yeah, very true. Very true. All right, in my head canon, that's exactly that's that's exactly. There you is. go. Yeah. There you go. He's a traveling crackhead because he's a. <laughs> Crackhead. <laughs> Stupid. Singing this song about crackhead. Look, man. Gator is funny. Look. <laughs> so would you recommend if you knew drug addicts in the 90s? He's spot on. Gator, I, I, I Gator look. Yeah, he's spot on. I can't, I can't not from from and you talk about menace when he comes back to the house. <sighs> man, yeah, that is that is real. Uh, you know, we've all been too close to that scene. Gator is amazing. Would you recommend people watch Jungle Fever? Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah, I would too. No, no doubt. I, I, I actually think I actually think Spike Lee's first six films are required viewing. Which, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's the required viewing. Which is what makes it all the more surprising that the film is not streaming. Do not understand that. I don't. Under, I really don't. Especially considering that Netflix just made you know as the deal with Spike Lee, everything would everything Spike would be up there. Yeah, I don't. I, I I do not understand that. Or if at least, like you said, his first five, right? You know, right? Right? Like we've run into the this, box set. Like we've run into this before with Girl Six, but it's like all right. I mean, all right, it's, yeah, it's Girl, Girl Six. six. All, all right, right, all right, yeah, I get but. It. But the box set is she's got to have it to Malcolm X. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you figure that would be up right, there. It'd be on Apple or something. Something. Yeah. It's a, it's brown sugar. Right. It's nowhere. Man. Yeah. You can't yeah. even, you can't even like I know. rent it. I know. On Amazon Prime. Look, just give y'all a little peek. We had to do the old school today. We had to do the old school today. <laughs> old school. We traveled around the block yeah. in the world today. Yeah, I had show. to go in the basement <laughs> and actually dig through through the box, pulled out the DVD, crack it. Oh, I had never watched the DVD before. I'm surprised you don't have like the Spike Lee box set though. I probably do, but I got to the <laughs> Jays. I got to the, 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 the no, I got to the Jays first. 
So like Spike Lee would be under S. Got you. Right. Got you. Yeah. Because you see, that's that's a pretty low budget CD. I mean DVD. Yeah, I peeped that. Yeah. I actually wanted to mention that. Yeah. I was like, I'm surprised this is not. Yeah. You know. But... Yeah, but absolutely. And, and you said you would recommend it as well. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt, I would recommend uh, that people watch. And it just a programming note. We've now reviewed five of those six. We have, haven't we? Yeah, we're we're holding do the right thing back. Yeah, we're holding yeah. do the right thing back. I don't know when we're going to spring do the right thing on folks, but but yeah, we we have reviewed all of them. I know. So yeah, we'll, but we'll we'll get to it. Well, all from what I understand, we're going to do all of them. That's the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> the rumor I've heard. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we tell you what our next stop on the road to 300 uh, will be, I invite you to hit us up with all of your thoughts and concerns. Email us at mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube at mission. Tell a friend about us. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made go to me showmission.com and hit swag we can check out all of the cool designs and gifts that we have available via t public and don't forget the me show mission are proud members mm-hmm. of the podglomerate the podglomerate.com they make podcast work all right all right well tommy davidson booked himself for a return visit in april but next week ladies and gentlemen the Michelle Mission goes to episode 276. Oh, yeah. I believe, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Episode 276 of the Michelle Mission, which it will be my turn, Vincent. Yes, if sir. If you don't mind. And we, I'm returning just for you because this is, you know, a special time. I'm going to give you a treat, and I'm going back to your favorite time of movies. All right. Which would be the 70s. Yes, sir. Vince can't can't stay out of the 70s. You know that, ladies and gentlemen. As we return to another one of Vincent's favorite ladies. All right, now. The electric, Mm. seducting, Mm. Pam Greer. Pam Greer. In Sheba Baby. Sheba Baby. From 1975. And next week, we will have very special guest, the Beat Connection Podcast crew. Not one, not two, but three guests. The Beat Connection, a podcast that gets together and actually uh, breaks down the roots of hip-hop. Yes. And looks at all the samples to explore the history of music. Love uh, it. Through, through that lens and we chose Sheba Baby because of the soundtrack mm-hmm. by Barbara Mason alright which has been sampled quite a few times I'm, in hip hop I'm sure we will talk about that we will talk about that next week here on the Me Show Mission ladies and gentlemen episode 276 our next stop on the road to 300 and before we get out of here Yes. I know it's your birthday, Vincent. It is. It is your birthday. But even on your birthday, mm-hmm. I think you're a beautiful person because you wanted to share a gift with the missionaries and the world. Because Vincent Williams told me that Wendy Williams is the <laughs> finest woman 
in that, African American that's right. history. That's right. That's, and it's documented. It's documented. Right there. There you go. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh I hope you all are safe. Be well. Happy birthday again, Vincent. Thank you, sir. Happy birthday. And on that note, he's Vincent. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs> <laughs>